Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, and the easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Buy and sell tickets in just two taps. On your phone, two taps. Everything fully guaranteed right now. My listeners get $10 off baseball tickets the first time they use SeatGeek. Just use promo code BSMLB. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by Binge Mode Game of Thrones. Season two is up of our new podcast that breaks down and dissects every single episode of Game of Thrones. Mally Rubin, Jason Concepcion are your hosts. Subscribe now on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, finals MVP, Kevin Durant. But first, don't forget to go to TheRinger.com and read all the great stuff we wrote about the NBA finals. We were on fire. Kevin O'Connor, Danny Chow, Jonathan Charks. Whole bunch of people. Shea Serrano. Everyone was all hands on deck. Go read that stuff. Finals MVP, Kevin Durant, coming up right now. Night after the finals. I'm here with Finals MVP Kevin Durant, who has not slept. Is that true? Yep, that's true. When, when was the last time you had sleep? In between games one and two. You haven't slept since in between games one and two? I haven't had a good night's of sleep since then. Because of nerves? Just like, yeah, anxiety. Just Anxiety? You were playing great. I know, but I just was so, I just wanted to know what was going to happen the next game, how they were going to adjust. How I was going to play, I was just so anxious to play. My thoughts were going everywhere. I couldn't really sleep. All right, let's let's hit game five first. Did you, I, w- I was sitting pretty close and you were walking toward where I was sitting near the end and you just stopped and you like put your hands on your knees. There was like a minute to go in the game. And it yeah. looked like either you were super tired or you got emotional or something and Draymond had to come over and like, I mean that the Curry was dribbling like basketball was going on. It was like you yeah, yeah, something yeah. happened. What happened? I mean, at that point we were we had the game in hand and I was just like, wow, the crowd was so crowd everybody was so loud in there. It was just like so much happening at once. Knowing that you're about to win the championship, um, playing so well, and then the crowd on top of that get to cheer you on as you're, you know, becoming a champion and like so many people were happy for you. It was just emotional and they had to tell me to finish playing, but you felt like you were getting choked up. Not choked up. It was just, it was just one of those moments. It's overwhelming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can't really describe it. It feels like when so much is so much is going on, it just you get lost a little bit. So I, I didn't handle that so well because I should have kept playing. But it was amazing. The only thing that I was missing was a sideline reporter asking you, Kevin, what does this moment mean? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting on that. I didn't, I probably I probably didn't know how to answer that question. All right, so you dreamt about it, so then it actually happens. Was it different than the dream? Was it the same as the dream? What was different about it? Um, just the whole moment of winning, or like everything, like like one, from the moment you knew you were going to win, yeah, all the way through. What was your biggest surprise? Just so fa- how fast it all happened. Like as soon as the buzzer went off, felt like everybody was on the court. Yeah, and like. I didn't even know who who to go find. Like I didn't know where my mom was. My, I was looking for my brother. My looking for Rich. I was just looking for Chuck. Everybody, 
And then they just out of nowhere, everybody just appeared. I was just like, man, this is crazy. It just it just feels just like a rush, you know, when like you get up into the roller coaster and like you know you're about to have a free fall and you're gonna feel something crazy. Yeah. Like exactly how it is. It's like a quick thrill. I, I mean it's got it's like forty different things happening in five minutes and then like yeah. near the end there's Bill Russell. Yeah, it's the like greatest a, winner of all time. He's like, here, here's a trophy for you. Yeah, it's like an avalanche of like happy moments. You know what I'm saying? You see, you look over, you see Steph embracing his family. You see Draymond embracing his mom. His mom come out of nowhere and give me a big hug. It's like such a big family. Coach Kerr's wife is there. His kid, like, it's just so many people having just such happy moments. It just all made me smile. And then, I, like I said, out of nowhere, you see Bill Russell walking up. On the, on the podium, I'm like, that's a legend. Like, what did he say to you? Congrats! I, he was like, "Oh, you're you're a pretty good player, huh?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "You say so," but uh, but I'm saying just to have to just to see that on TV, and and finally experience it for myself. It was all it was everything I thought it would be. Did you think that was the best you've ever played those five games? Yeah, I think so. That's, that's that's probably the first time I can honestly say that, you know, because you put together good games individually, but to put together good games individually and achieve team success is like it's like Nirvana. It's like that's what you always want as a basketball player. You want to do play well, and you also want your team to win. You know what I'm saying? I think for me, I wanted to play well and win. I think me playing well wasn't high on the totem pole than the team winning, you know what I'm saying? So right. I, was able, I was able to just worry about just trying to win and my spirits were in the right place and it felt like the ball and the basket was just getting wider and wider for me. Ooh. Yeah, I had a nice touch. I felt like I had a nice touch with all my shots, but just because I was in the, the right mindset of just locking in on defense, trying to do the small stuff first. When I, I I think when you were on my HBO show and I said how how well you played on both ends in the Oklahoma City Golden State series and you you bristled, you were like I've been doing that my whole career because mm-hmm. you always feel like your defense people don't appreciate it. Yeah. I thought your defense that I thought that was pretty much the best I've seen you play two way in that series. You have to agree with that. Uh, this. Uh... <laughs> That was Chuck. <laughs> um, Chuck, Chuck had a cameo. Uh, this series, or yeah, because you had to. I mean, you were basically playing center for some yeah. of some of the games, and you were you had to worry about rim protection in a way that I don't feel like you've not since like Texas. Yeah, I mean, we play so small. Yeah, I'm on at the five. I'm at the four. So I have to guard when I'm not guarding LeBron. I was guarding Kevin Love. <laughs> right, you know and. You know, Kyrie, some possessions. So it was like I didn't have a no, I didn't have a break. You know what I'm saying? I had to be on alert with all of those guys. Kyle Corbin when he came into the game, J.R. Smith. Um, really the guys you could kind of play off of, but they're still like dynamic and cutting and yeah. Offensive rebounding is like Shumper and Richard Jefferson. You gotta always be aware of them because they're gonna cut, they're gonna make the winning basketball plays outside of just making baskets. But and then on top of that, they had shooters. So it was kind of hard to Lock in on helping on LeBron when he's driving, but also knowing that he can whip a pass to the corner and 
hit a shooter. So I had to be on guard for every type of movement from running around chasing Corver to Kyrie dribbling 10 times in possession to get a basket or LeBron right. trying to bully his way to the rim. And Kevin Love tried to post me up, you know what I mean, and catch me on a pump fake on a three foul. Like, I was trying to worry about so many different ways to get a stop. That's why I was so stressful, and that's why I couldn't yeah. sleep, you know, because they, they had so many weapons. In game one, there was this play that everybody missed, but I think you scored, and then Kyrie had the ball, and you just decided to guard him full court. Yeah. And you took him, you were, yeah, yeah. And you were just feeling it. Yeah. And you and you took him the whole way and you ended up throwing off the back back backboard, I think. But I was yeah. like, man, KD's KD's locked in. He's yeah. now he thinks he can guard Kyrie full court. Oh, That's like yeah. a suicide mission. That's probably the first and last time I did that. <laughs> um, but I think throughout the season though, I was picking guys up full court and I, yeah. I know feel that that would give our team energy. It worked. And, and so I know I can't do it every every possession, but I tried to throw it in there just to, you know, let them know that every once in a while somebody might try to make you work full court. You know what I'm saying? So they'll have another look at it. They'll have another, just a, a different look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not the same stuff. Because when you give great players the same dose, they're going to figure it out at some point. So Yeah, because the people, the Warriors fans were complaining, were complaining about, like, why is Zaza starting every game? It's plus minus and. I was looking at it like it seems like Kerr just wanted to have a bunch of different lineups so yeah. that it was never the same thing for exactly. more than six minutes. Yeah, exactly. And we knew that, you know, the way, we, first of all, our offense, the way we move in our offense, it tires defenses out no matter yeah. what. So, like, we knew we got coming off the bench. We had Ian Clark, Pat McCall, Andre Rudala, Sean Livingston. Yeah. Like, they're not the. Clear ball, clear out the way. Iso them all. Let's go get a basket. Like they tire other teams out um, and score when in the second unit when they're not supposed to. Basically, because they move around, they cut. You know, layups. they get layups. They get easy baskets, and they play defense. So, yeah. you know, it just overwhelms you with the the way we play. And on top of that, the smart, the IQ we have on the bench as well is the reason why we're so deep. And I think that it's funny because. Everyone's like three ball. This is where basketball is going. Like to me, I, I went to three of the games, the the passing and the layups. Like, yeah. That's what stuck with me more than the shooting. I mean, yeah, yeah you three of the greatest shooters of all time, but um, just the back doors. It was like some seventy seven Blazers, eighty six Celtics. <laughs> yeah, we old school stuff, you know. Yeah, we because we you know we we all watched Cleveland all year. Yeah, and, um, you know, just watching how they play defense and. They packed the paint a lot, and they were good on initial action. But after two or three passes, we f- we found out we can get a lot of stuff on the back end because yeah. um, they not as they weren't as disciplined um, after the first few passes as as they should have been. The um, Celtics series, the Celtics was exposed that, that a little yeah. bit, even in, in um, the Indiana series um, yeah. as well. They were getting a lot of open looks, uh, but we we just. We pass the ball eight, sometimes eight or nine times in a possession. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that tires the defenses out. It's not that we're just saying, hey, Steph, go go score, but you're just way better than everybody. Or yeah. Clay, go score. You're just way better than your opponent. Or me, just go score. But it's like, all right, let's might have to ISO one play. Might have to run a pick and roll with me and Steph one play. And then you're going to have the movement at the end. When, when that stuff bogged down, we got the movement. And when the movement bogged down, 
Now what makes us dangerous is that we got the ISO game. So when did you when did you and Steph master how to do that high screen? What point well, in the season was that? Because by the finals it was pretty much unstoppable. I mean, we only really worked on it in the finals. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of teams would have bigger guys on Steph, and they would just switch it. Yeah, or you know they would teams would you know it'd be hard to run it because. Like I said, they have a bigger guy on Steph, or they they might just switch the point guard on me and load up. And so, you know, but Cleveland knew that if they switched Kyrie on me, I would, you, you know, could take I could down. score in the post, yeah. or I was going to try to get him some fouls, you know. So they were showing on the pick and roll, and I was just slipping out. And if you if you put two in the ball against us, like, and you give us a free lane, it's a lob or it's a, it's a three because we got smart players. So we were just trying to milk that. I thought it was one of the smartest basketball series I've ever watched because the teams knew each other really well. Yeah, you, Each of you had things that the other team couldn't stop. Yep. And there are certain matchups that you knew you could go to. And then it was all about, it was almost like watching a football game yeah. it was, where it's like at halftime, oh, we got to start running up the ball up the middle. We yeah. got to stop. We got to bring the linebacker over. And basketball is not normally at that level. I mean, that's how everybody's complaining about, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people, the super team, whether it's just going to be, it's like, I thought the series was amazing. Like, it just was. as a basketball fan, I was like, this is incredible. It was. I mean, games one, games one and two, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland, and we didn't just start off just killing them. Like, no. We had to really work for those leads we had. The it first was, half of game one was like a game seven. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. It was like, it was back and forth. They were, we were missing layups. They were, you know, they were struggling to score. Like, it was just a battle. Yeah. And then we pulled away. We were, we were up, like, seven points at half on the road in game one. Right. Then we, we pulled away in the third. But, like, every game, we knew they were going to come out with that point. If we, if we, we always told ourselves, take the first punch, play well in the first punch, and after that, we're going to see where they are. Because, you know, they, they, they always used to come out super strong. Yeah. So they didn't really pace themselves. So they just always wanted to blitz us early. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that strategy because and it seemed like LeBron. Him. Well, I mean, LeBron was wearing down in every fourth quarter. It seemed like from it seemed like he had so much energy in the first half, and by the fourth quarter, you could see it. He wasn't. He just wasn't moving the same. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know why they didn't flip that. LeBron I'm not plays, asking you to criticize Le, Cleveland. I'm no, just, I mean LeBron plays with force and. He plays downhill. So when you, as a coach, say you need to up the pace, up in the pace is him just getting downhill, getting to the rim. And that's taxing. Yeah. And especially having to guard, too, on the other end. Right. Guard us with the way we move. So it's like, you know, you coming out the gates real, real strong, real, real fast. And at some point, you'll start to level off as far as, you know, wanting to get to the rack every time or, you know, push the break after a rebound and, and try to You guys love that though. Coast. If they're going to play at that pace, that's yeah. like the greatest thing ever for you. I mean, but it was hard. It was, we, we had to be almost perfect on the offensive end though because they were moving so fast and scoring yeah. so fast. It's like we had to match it and guys came through and knocked down shots. Yeah. Turned out you have a pretty good team. Um, you versus LeBron. There's a couple times when you guys were barking at each other. Yeah. And I, I always try to read lips, trying to figure out what everybody's saying. He's got that mouthpiece in; it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, w- is it coherent? What's going on? You guys just like swearing at each other? What's no. happening? Because you guys are friends too. Yeah, but 
I'm friends with a lot of guys. I mean, and I don't really talk to him throughout the games like that. So, well, he he's the one who does most of the talking. Yeah, it but it wasn't like. it wasn't it was more so about just about our teammates, you know, because our we had our teammates that got into some stuff and just right. trying to just play. Like I'm telling, he was telling us, like man, telling me he they just want to hoop. I was like, that's all we want to do too. So let's just play. All the extra stuff, like, really don't matter. Yeah. You know, y'all, been, y'all playing physical, which is cool, but, like, extra stuff. Let's just play. Like, yeah, you're right. You so, seem, each time you seemed amused by it, that well, LeBron was so agitated. I wouldn't say he was agitated. Uh, what was he then? I mean, he was just, like I said, every, the stoppage in play, I don't think anybody really likes that. Just Yeah. When you get into scuffles, they got to go so, do so much reviewing and so much. Well, David West almost turned into an incredible Hulk. Yo, I'm telling you, man, he's, he was fiery. He, he got really angry. Yeah. I was scared. I was scared for everybody in my section. He's 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 intense, man. He's intense. All right, so you versus LeBron after this series. What, Like, do you talk to him this summer? What happens? No, nah, probably You just not. hug after the game and that's it? Yeah. I mean, Yeah. I mean, we, we, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I can't tell how good friends anybody is. Like the story came out that you guys did a did a song together in 2010. Yeah, that was seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was tw- 21 years old. <laughs> it came out. It came out. You might have dated ago. the Bachelorette. You might not have. Oh man, that was a what long was that time story? Too. I don't even know. Did you go on a date with her? No, I didn't. Was it Us Weekly story? That was? Yeah, it was Us Weekly. They said you, you went on a date. Rich saw it. Rich sees everything. He told me about that. No, I went to we went to we actually we actually um would see each other probably once a week in college. Like we never really hung out at all. That's yeah. how I know her. Okay. So how much how much are you aware of what's going on like with the narratives and the media and all like after game two, Pierce said on TV, Katie's the best player in the world now. Like, do you know that stuff's going on? No, I mean, you kind of, you, when you go through the media availability, you kind of, they ask you questions on that type of stuff. But I mean, as far as what Pierce said, um, I heard it, but I tried not to like take it in. Yeah. You know, I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want that just yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was obsessed. He was, you know, he just rich. Rich does all the searching for you. Yes, all the searching. Twitter, Instagram, yes, all of that stuff. We Google. forgot to bring Rich a mic again. Oh, sorry about that. Just, no, no, no. We should have. I forget you guys have been recording on mic. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> I can hear you. Can hear that. Okay, good. So you are you looking at you're looking at emails and texts, obviously. But only from only people who are smart enough to know that it's the finals. Maybe leave you alone. Yeah, you're not. That's the best part. A lot of people gave me my space and and, and um, respected my space around this time. My mental space. Yeah. From family to friends, they really respected it. And I think that goes a long way because it takes a lot mentally to go through this to try to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard. It's hard, no matter how easy people may think it was for us. Right. It's hard to win. Did the 16 and 0 matter to you guys, or you just wanted to win the title? It did matter, but now as you think back on it, like it would have been cool to yeah. finish it. But as long as we got the 16 wins, that's what we were worried about. And 
you know, it was a few games where, you know, we uh, we probably should have lost, you know, but we end up sticking together at the end and finish it off. The game three in, in Portland. Yep. Uh, I didn't play that game, but we were down big early in that game. And also in Utah, on the road, we're down nine, ten points. In the you should have lost that one. Or you could have lost that we one. We could have lost that one. You know what I'm saying? So I still feel like everyone points to the Kawhi game when Kawhi got hurt. Yeah, that was probably a game we probably would have lost. I, I think you guys were going to win that game. Even so. before Kawhi got hurt. I, I was watching like that game. We were on the way, go off. We were, we're on the way to go off. We're on the way coming back. We were, yeah. It was, it was an early game, and we were just... You could see I had it was nine days off. It was yeah. so much going on. So, but I mean, we had some struggles. You know, it's a lot of Utah series was a tough one. We were winning games, but it was just like, you know, they were switching everything. They were the they, well coached team. Yeah, they were running big their sets blocker. all the way through. They yeah. got a big shot blocker, so it was kind of hard to really get in the paint. Yeah, they are a tough team. They're gonna be really good. I like if Utah. They, if, if they, they keep together. everything, yeah, that's the thing. You know how this game goes. Yeah. I know. Isaiah Thomas followed Gordon Hayward yesterday put the with the little with the uh the little the the little eyes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Started following him on Twitter. Yeah, it's all starting. Good. The summer thing. You're not involved this time. Yeah, I'm not. No, that's although I guess technically you're you could be a free agent if you wanted, but Yeah. I've I've heard that you you're you're staying is whatever there's word in the street. Why wouldn't I? Word in the street is you might stay. Why would you leave one of the best teams anybody's ever seen? It would be yeah, a I bad career move. Yeah, I champion. I would rec- recommend against that. Unless you came to Boston, I'd be all for it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quick break to talk about Harry's. Father's Day is coming up. Harry's.com. My friends, they have a special offer that you and your father, stepfather, grandfather, father-in-law, whatever, you're going to love it. I love how for all the dads. Just go to harrys.com slash BS. Get $5 off one of their shave sets, including a limited edition Father's Day set that has a storm gray razor handle, chrome razor stand, foaming shave gel, three replacement blades, and a travel cover. It's packaged in a sleek, giftable box. Harrys.com, Rich. This is good. Gift set. Uh, what a deal. Harry sent me some razors last year. It changed my life. I don't get shaving cuts anymore. I don't get shaving zits in my neck anymore. I have a nice, clean, happy face. Thank you, Harry's. I couldn't resist getting a Father's Day set for myself and for my father-in-law. Harry's is about great shave at a fair price. And thanks to their 100% quality guarantee, they will give you a full refund if you aren't happy. Go to harrys.com slash BS right now to redeem a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off one of their shave set. That's for a limited time only. Act now. That is harrys.com slash BS for $5 off and to help support the BS podcast. Happy Father's Day, by the way. All right, back to Kevin Durant. Game three. There's like, the Cavs are up six. Mm -hmm. You're playing well, you're getting your numbers, but you hadn't, I felt like you were lurking in the game. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "He's, he's, he's waiting. He's waiting for something. And then, then you went off at the end, and that became your signature game. Like you realize that's going to be the game. I think people remember, and every every great player has that game. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's just kind of cool. I, I in the moment, I was like, oh, it's the KD game. Here we go. Yeah, this I mean, is it. I didn't think it would. I didn't think it would go like that. I mean, it was just 
I started off strong. I played well in the first half. I think I had probably 16 points. You just missed a couple of shots that seemed like they would have gotten you going. Yeah. But I was shooting a solid percentage. I was like 6 for 11. Yeah. And I felt good on my shots. And then I set in that third quarter, that's when I wasn't aggressive. I, we, I only took one shot. No, it was the only time the whole playoffs where I felt like for about a minute you guys looked not rattled, but kind of like all looking around like, okay. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. it's something seemed off for a second. Then the crowd three? was loud as shit. Yeah. And they're going crazy and Cavs were playing really hard. And I was like, oh, this, it was kind of how I thought game three was going to go. And I thought the Cavs either were going to win or come close. And then you hit, you had the little follow in the baseline mm-hmm. over Thompson. Yep. Which was one of your old school moves, yep. and then uh, and then the three because tired LeBron forgot that you were dribbling right to your favorite spot. Yeah, I mean it kind of all played out so perfectly. We were getting stops. We were forcing them to play one on one. Yeah, and they were making them shoot over top of us, and we rebounded and got out. So, and coach ain't called a timeout when we when we were down to forty five seconds to go. We got a rebound. Yeah. He probably could have called a timeout and set up like a two for one or something. So he didn't call a timeout. And like you said, I seen LeBron just heels behind a three. I just want you to know at age 47, if we're ever playing in pickup in a game with those stakes, I'm not letting you shoot from that spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm stepping up three feet. I, it might take spot. me a while because I'm old and I have a bad back and bad knees, but I'm still going to get to that spot before you do. That's a sweet I know spot. exactly where your spot I'm running, is. Yeah, I'm running there, but it's going to be tough to stop it, though. LeBron, In LeBron's defense, he had played like, like like 130 out of 132 minutes in the series to that point. But as, yeah. soon as, as soon as you went over half court, I said to the guy sitting next to me, my buddy Chris Chan, I was like, He's shooting it. He's pulling up. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron realized it like a split second late. It was great, though. And then Kyrie screwed up the two for one, which was good for you, for the team. That was perfect. That was good. They uh, they and just kind of lost down, their composure. They ran down like 11 seconds off the clock, too. So they yeah. didn't have enough time. Yeah. If they'd have fouled right away, then they had a lot of time to make it to, to go to back and forth. That was the game. that They screwed that game up. Yeah. That, I think they had that game. Because JR missed a three, too, when they were up six. They had some good shots. They had good missed. shots. Corver's shot, I defend to the death. Yeah, like, that, that was, was a good, good play. Good play. Like, did you, when he takes that, you think that's probably going in? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's a good shot. Steph got a solid contest, but he did. He, he was making them anyway throughout yeah. the whole, you know, every time he got a look, it felt like it was going in. Did you guys think you were going to sweep? Were you, we, how confident were you? We, um, we were confident, but we knew how hard it was going to be. Yeah. We knew that they weren't going to just let us sweep them on their home floor and celebrate. No, they wasn't going to go like that. So they played they played an excellent basketball game as far as exploiting all of our... 49 know, points is insane. Yeah. yeah, and they had 86 points at the half. I yeah. was like, I've I never seen that before. Man, their crowd was loud and angry. That's an angry crowd. Is that the angriest crowd? Man. Game three was crazy. I walked out. I was trying to keep my cool. I was trying to keep my head straight. I heard somebody behind the bench. She was like, I can score 30 on that team. I was like, oh, my gosh. We had this. funny. I was like, come on, man. (laughs) We had this guy. First of all, my whole section was trying to start a cupcake chant about you. We had this other guy who was just yelling at everybody, but you started yelling at the refs at one point. He's like, shut up, you skinny motherfucker. 
really <laughs> as loud as he could we were like jesus i hope the Cavs don't lose i was worried about getting out of there <laughs> and then they lost we we're like let's go let's go <laughs> where's the exit yeah, but yeah that was uh that is a very so passionate angry. crowd yeah and they thought it, w- it was funny because they thought every call was going against them and meanwhile you guys had like at one point it was like 12 to 6 fouls gold state to cleveland uh, and they thought every call was it was just it's one of those crowds it was good though what'd you learn about uh lebron james after five games that you didn't know what'd you learn from that series is there a level of respect that you have that maybe you had before but deepened or is it just the same it's probably just the same i mean i had a lot of respect for him early on you know what i'm saying you can respect anybody um who worked as hard as you and that's a diplomatic political answer no i'm being serious that had to be one thing you learned after Nothing. you played him five times in 10 days yeah but i haven't i didn't learn i knew what he can do but you got that respect like i was saying you got that respect. It's like you can appreciate like his journey from before then. So I was already yeah. watching him. You know what I'm saying? So I was already building my respect from, you know, since day one. So it wasn't that I, I learned anything new because that's all I watched was him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I already knew everything I was supposed to know. And How is he different from 2012? What's different about his game? Just mentally, he's he's he's... His game has changed because he's just like he can. He found out he can do whatever he wants out there. He can have like he can score if he wants to. He can get everybody involved. He can create lanes. He can create mismatches. You know what I'm saying? So he realized that, and he's just playing a chess game out there. Yeah, that's what all the really really great players do. And I've seen it throughout the series. You know what I'm saying? And you try to match that. You know, try to. Beat him move for move, yeah. Strategically throughout the series, and you know you gotta. Your mind has has to always be working. You know, what I'm saying you can't get distracted, and that's what the great players make you do. You know, he's one of those. Did you feel was there a point in Game Five when you felt like you saw defeat in that in their eyes? Yeah, I felt like you know towards the when we went up big in the second quarter, I felt like. You know, they were letting it slip away. They said yeah. they were letting it slip away, and then they hit some timely threes. So if they wouldn't have hit those threes, like J.R. Smith, those two threes he hit, yeah. then I felt like we were winning to halftime with a clear hold on to the game. But they got some hope because of those two threes, and that's what you need, like somebody like J.R. Smith for you. He just, you just inject him in the game, and he injects energy into the rest of the team. So He's like that, crit, that guy in, in playing pickup. The crazy guy that just starts hitting shots. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, guard him. And then he hits like another crazy one. Exactly. Ah, who's got him? That's exactly how I looked at the whole series, too. Like a pickup game. Yeah. Like a it felt like a pickup yeah, game. Yeah. The type of players that you would play pickup with, like, it felt like they were all on the court. Like you get the the big, strong, fast bully who just run to the rim and like LeBron James, you get yeah. the dude that's gonna dribble the whole possession. And look sweet while doing it. And then Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Then you get the big white guy who can rebound and shoot threes. <laughs> Kevin Love, like Thompson, like, just feels, a banger rebounder. It feels like it feels like it was a team created at twenty four hour fitness, like the perfect team. <laughs> That's how I was looking at it. It's like, all right, let me simplify this real quick. 
what is that? Corver's the wet guy who comes Corver, in just yes. starts making shots. Yes. Like, let me <laughs> get That's my this. dream scenario. <laughs> exactly. Now we all know about the Jones. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hurting everybody to watch. Dante. He's what a, was he? Was he just yelling the whole series? Yeah, he was just up. Trying up, to get it upset, people upset? Trying to give him some energy, I understand. He I came understand. in in garbage time one of the first two games, and Kerr forgot to take Curry out. Oh, yeah. He and then Dante just the threw, he threw Curry the floors. <laughs> this would have been the biggest coaching disaster of all time. He knew what he was doing. Dante knew what oh, he was yeah. doing. Well, he's, that's, that's why he's on the team. Yeah. Um, all right, so you win. You go back. You hug everybody in the locker room. Champagne. Yeah. First time champagne's been sprayed on you, like in a winning situation? Yes. Because I saw one clip, you you forgot to put the goggles on and you got assaulted. Yes. It was a rookie champagne mistake. Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. Champagne hurts. It's my, yeah, my first time. <laughs> what I'm going to be spraying champagne for <laughs> besides winning the championship. So, yeah, it's my first time. I never did it before and it was exciting. It was, it was a rush that I never felt before, obviously. So, I just tried to be in the moment, man. So you do interviews before or after the champagne or um, both? Afterwards. So I was drenched in champagne. It was so cold. I was shaking. It was, I didn't expect that. <laughs> and you're holding a trophy the I'm whole holding time? Holding trophy, yeah. And But just do, making your rounds and so many people just congratulating you, you know, you just appreciate the support, man, really. That's when you really thank the people who, you know, hope and pray that you did well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can appreciate them. Was it weird at all winning the finals MVP with, with Curry standing right there? No. Didn't I, seem like it was weird. No, it wasn't at all. I feel, and I feel like Steph was my biggest fan. That yeah. Night, you know, and I was so happy the way he played, you know. But he was great. Yeah, he was. He, he he was back to being Steph. He looked great. Yeah. He looked like a one of the best players ever to touch the floor, you know what I'm saying? And to have that type of input in the finals, he was almost at a triple-double. His rebounding was, yeah, was he the was big re- surprise yeah. of the finals. Uh, he, he was in there. We talked about that. In order for us to win, we had to rebound with him. Yeah. Because they're beast on the board. So he was coming in, getting rebounds and pushing the break and being patient and pick and roll, turnovers down, taking I don't good know, shots. Steph versus Kyrie, I don't know if there's ever been a better matchup of offensive point guards unless you count Isaiah versus Magic, which I guess you'd have to. But Magic to me, I don't even know. He to me, he has no position. He was and just he was kinda, six nine. He went. Yeah, Isaiah it's like couldn't guard to, him. That was like yeah, uh, they couldn't really. That was a clear mismatch. But Kyrie and because Kyrie hit, I want you to know, Kyrie hit like thirteen of the greatest shots I've ever seen in my life oh in my that series. Goodness, man. He hit the one yesterday when you might have even been one of the two guys in front of him, and he just drove at them and then just did a bunch of things yeah. and threw the ball over his head and it went in. It was like, what the hell was that? I, was telling, I think he meant to do that. I, I was telling some of my friends, like, right after game, what's the game two? I was just like, Kyrie just makes you happy. He makes you happy when you watch him play. Yeah. Like, he, you just smile when you watch him play. Because it's like, for somebody to be that skilled, you know he had to work tirelessly at it. You know what I'm saying? The stuff he has in his package is next level stuff that, like, you can try to teach your kids to do it, but you'll never be able to do it. He, I never, I never seen anybody block his layup, and he's six, and he's six two. I've never seen once one person pin his layup on a glass, not one, because he like the spin he got on it, and he don't have to look at it. It's like 
I got so much respect for him because I know how much work he put in to be that good. I never seen nobody like him. He's like one of those cars that you can get the car that has everything. Yeah, that's like his offensive game. His package is like he's got like the best tires, and he's got like no pause. Yeah, uh, his 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 game is <laughs> the bag. His bag is full. His package, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. His bag, no, is, his bag mean. is full of tricks. His layup package is crazy. <laughs> I think I said uh, I was doing a podcast with my buddy House last week, and I was saying. I think he's the best offensive inside out point guard I've ever seen. I don't know if he's the best all around offensive point guard because that's a different argument. I'm just saying, like, he has more ways to score than any point guard I've ever seen. Uh, he can score yeah, anywhere I'm, from 28 feet in. He makes terrible threes that go in routinely. I'm one with you. I'm he never, scores on two seven footers when he wants. Like, he's just unbelievable. Pull up, Jays. He, he should just pull up so quick. No, he. But he's a his, much better shooter than I was. Way better was. shooter. Yeah, and, he handled and he's taller. He's like he's a good six two, six two and a half. Well, I meant, but I meant make him too. I mean, he's making forty percent from three. He's yeah, making twenty nine footers with the yeah. guy's hand in his face and. Yeah, Kyrie is better than AI to me. I think I agree. Boy, I agree. We certainly percentage wise. Backs it up. I mean, I'm going from like skill for skill. Like, yeah. his handles better. He can, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Hey, gonna, somebody uh, might tap me on the edit shoulder. This out. <laughs> yeah, we might have to cut that out. I don't, I don't want no problems. Yeah, hey, it's the best other than AI. Please. We're gonna dub your voice over. Who's the other than AI? Who's the best? Yeah, y'all might have to cut that one. I don't want that to <laughs> now, get out. Yeah, listen, man, it's evolution. This is what. Well, I'm just saying. I feel like Kyrie like got. Said. I got Kyrie got more skill. Well, Kyrie, you know, Steph versus Kyrie is a great argument because what's Rich doing? He's making cereal. All right. Because um, Steph, the spacing he creates and the way he doesn't need the ball all the time and he can still have a huge impact. Whereas Kyrie's more of the more traditional one-on-one guy. Yeah. Um, it's a good argument. And they, I really think they bring the best out of each other too. That was one of the things... That I felt got lost in the narrative about the series and how people were enjoying it. It was like, it's not just that these are like, you know, a bunch of the best guys in the league. It was like, you guys are actually bringing the best out of each other, you know? Like, they're in just about every game, the best two guys on each team were playing well, you know? That doesn't happen. Yeah. That happens maybe one or two games in a series, but it doesn't happen every game. Like, think about the games you had with Westbrook in the playoffs where, you know, maybe two guy, two one two times a series. Both of you played well in the same game. Yeah, it's just not common. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I wish there was more. Part of me was hoping you were going to lose last night, so we get another what? game. What? <laughs> I did not want to go back to Cleveland and deal with that again. That'd have been sick. Oh my god, that would have been tough. I'm not sure you would have gotten any calls either. Oh man, it'd have been game seven for sure. You know, the Celtics were rooting for a long series because. Every game was more money to the salary cap. Do you know that? Uh-uh, I didn't. So it's like every game was like 22 million bucks, and the players get half, so it's like 11 million, which goes into the pool. So you split it up by oh, three oh, teams. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like $375,000 per team each time it goes past yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. four. I've so seen it's like, that. They know. said it. That's why they shot 22 free throws because 
<laughs> yeah. Warriors need to make twenty two million. Right. Yeah. Lost the Warriors are fine. Million. Yeah, the Warriors are fine with money. I don't think they need it. Wait, I got sidetracked because we were talking about the locker room, the champagne. Then I asked you about the finals MVP, and I got sidetracked. All right. So the champagne, champagne happens. Then you do the interviews, you do the rounds. Yeah. Then what happens? Tell me, what are the next five hours? Five? Um, after, or the next 25 hours? Well, after that, um, after I took my pictures and, you know, you take the pictures with the trophies and. Right. Went back, showered up, hopped in the car. You know what I'm saying? My had my friends and family here at my house. Afterwards, so we just hung out for a while, just talked and chilled and ate. Club? Then you went to the so, the celebration party? No, Club? I didn't go. I didn't go to the celebration party. So that was it? That was it for me. Um, I just chilled with my family and friends in here after the game. And we was up until like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. We were just talking and just reminiscing, just eating. <laughs> just kicking it but then you said you didn't sleep yeah cause we were up so late <laughs> and I didn't get out of arena till midnight so I was like I was already I'm, I'm still in, in game mode right now I can't believe I gotta go to practice I, had to, I couldn't go to practice but yeah you gotta like almost shut it off like yeah, a switch it's hard so it's kinda like I don't even I don't even believe we won a championship right now it was just like we're still working for it Weird. It's weird that you play. You played the best you've ever played, and now you can't play anymore. You should just go to the YMCA yeah. and just torch some random dudes. Because I'm go like the Oakland a, YMCA. I'm in a good groove right yeah, now. I'm my good. shot I'm still feels, feeling it. My shot feels good. Like, <laughs> long let's my, go. Let's go, Tate. Long as my shot feels good, like my, I got a nice touch, and I'm hitting the bottom of the net. Like I, I was like, why are we stopping? Like, yeah, that's just who. I it's too bad to there's not these, the Olympics or something coming. Let's get these makes out. You know what I'm saying? I got to put them. It's like a rapper. He got too many raps in his mind. He got to get them. He got to get them out on the on the on the wax. I had to get these J's out, man. So it's good to, good feeling to be in rhythm like that. But I wish we was playing more. Quick break to talk about DraftKings. We may not have Tiger Woods anymore, but we do have one week fantasy golf on DraftKings.com. Get locked in on every drive, every approach, every putt. Golf's second major of 2017 tees off on Thursday. But did you know DraftKings has a $100,000 contest that's usually free to enter? Oh, yeah. The tournament rhymes with the show S Mopin. You know what that is, Tate? No. Yeah, that's the second major. Uh, pick. The US. <laughs> the, I was, yeah. Pick six golfers before the tournament starts this Thursday morning, then follow your golfers live. And rack up points for Eagles, Birdies, and more. For new players, DraftKings offers different contests against players of the same skill level. Or start a rivalry and invite your friends to play in your own very private contest. I would recommend the single entry contest. That's what I did during the NFL season. You're only going against people who have one team instead of a bunch of them. And I'd recommend Bubba Watson as a sleeper. He's only $8.2 bucks. Dark horse. Remember, the tournament starts Thursday. I'm hurry to DraftKings.com. Choose your golfers. Make sure to use promo code Simmons to enter the free $100,000 fantasy golf contest. Promo code Simmons, DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Back to four-time scoring champ, Kevin Durant. What was the most surprising text you got in the last 24 hours? Obama. 
Oh. Obama, well, he sent a text through somebody to get to me. What did he say? Uh, congrats. Your defense was really good, which was random. Uh, <laughs> um, Katie's like, my defense has always been good, Mr. <laughs> former President. <laughs> and uh, told me to enjoy it. Have, you know, have some fun. You know, typical stuff. But I Don't go to the White House. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> Who else? Uh, this is good. This is a fun game. Obama, that's going to be tough to top. Yeah. That's why I started. No Rihanna with. text? No. What? Why does she like the Cavs so much? Where did that come from? She loves LeBron. Okay. She's been a big LeBron fan for a long time. Everywhere he went, she's just a big fan. Of, I don't even think she really watches basketball. So does that mean, does that, does that mean she's a front runner? Because LeBron's no, she just been like the players. best player that's, in the world for what, 10 years. That's what... Uh, you know, that's what basketball is about, like attaching yourself to players. When you're at these games, can you do you look around to see where people are sitting and see who you recognize? Because at the finals, there were a lot of people. Yeah, if it didn't catch my eye, I wasn't looking. I mean, I would glance around. I wasn't in just looking, like seeing who was there. Like I was, I would go because you knew around. where Rihanna was in game one. Yeah, because she was standing up. She was almost <laughs> in the court, yelling. Uh, she was yelling all game and. I didn't know she was there until I looked over and I seen, heard somebody screaming all out, her and a friend. I was like, yeah, they, they ain't here tonight. <laughs> they always used to say Kobe used to know where everybody was. They would give him the list of the people in the seats they were in. Really? And he would go and he would either make eye contact with the people or at halftime walk over. Like It was like a big, big thing for him, the performance. That's a part of it, now, especially in, in L.A.? But here, it's like you don't get those type of people. Like you get like, you may look over and, and see a CEO of Yeah, you're less Twitter. in Silicon Valley, yeah. Or you the might Salesforce see, CEO. Yeah, or Eddie Q and from Apple, just center court. Nobody so Eddie Q is a real, he's a real Warriors fan. Yeah. He's he's a, he's he was at, going when they at, sucked. He's about every game. Yeah. Was it every game this year? Yeah, he's legit. He was at every game this year. So. I went to a game with him when the Warriors were terrible. Yeah, he's a and real he was fan. still wearing the dress. Like he, I think some of the people are a little bandwagony, but he's not one of them. No, not at all. Yeah, I could tell he was so. But happy. They, I gotta say, the crowd was really good. I've been to, I've been lucky enough. I, I figured it out yesterday. That was the ninth time I've seen a team close out the championship, Sweet. and the crowd, the crowd was good. That was. It that was, was definitely you know you could feel it. There was a real energy. It was, and man. I thought they affected the game. Oh, they did. You know. They were so happy for us, man. You can first basket, they were loud. You know what I'm saying? And from then they just rode with us. You know, when we got down eight, they just kept cheering. You know what I'm saying? And they just made the whole experience even better. You know, obviously we would love to win on the road, but then to come home and do yeah, it. Yeah, winning home is better. That's bullshit. Oh man. Yeah. It's better to win at home. You're more comfortable at home, like Yeah. It's, it's also where your house is. Yeah, I can sleep in my bed yeah. as a champion. Like, I have to get up and pack my bag and hop on a plane. I'm like, I, I mean, I would love to win in Cleveland just to, you know, just to win and complete what we, you know, yeah. 16 and no, that would have been cool. But, you know, it feels good to win it at home. Did you believe Draymond when he said it was worth it that they lost last year because then you got to be on the team this year? It <laughs> seemed like semi-legitimate. It all comes. It all works itself out, you know. I'm sure in that moment last year, you'd love to win a championship. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, thinking about it now, it's just like, well, it might not have been as bad. You know, we was able to 
you know, put together a really good team that works well together and win the championship in the first year. I got year. a newsflash, though. They would have won last year if they were healthy. Think so? Yeah. I mean, it came down to the final minute. They had no Draymond in game five. They probably would have closed it out in game five anyway. But then no Bogut. But how long Curry's you, hurt the whole series. How long do we keep talking about this? What? Like this same same argument we've been talking about for the whole year. Which one? They would have won if Draymond wouldn't got in uh, suspended. Uh, no, Curry I'm just was saying. Hurt, like, I think last year was pretty this. fluky, though. Like, we've been talking about the same stuff. It's a new champion now. Like, yeah. New team. But everybody's saying was because Durant came. But I asked, like, Curry was healthy, too. That also helped. There were other, yeah, he was other factors. It came together. Like, it came together. Yeah. Curry was definitely, there's no question he was hurt last year. I think they did a good job of covering up. But no, he, he was banged he up. Now, I mean, he was banged up from what I heard. He was banged up, but he didn't make that excuse. I mean, he still felt like he could have played great, could have played better than what he did. Who was the drunkest teammate last night? Who was the one who were like, we got to get the champagne away from him? Dray- Draymond. <laughs> McAdoo was pretty drunk. Matt the Rev. McAdoo. Love it. Oh, Tate's excited. Tate yeah. goes back into him. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody was pretty nice. D West, everybody. Zaza hasn't had a drink in so long. He was drinking. D West was, was he like, uh, I heard he was like almost incoherent. He was, he was different. Was he a speech yeah. I mean, greatest he was speech like I've out seen of his mind. in a long time. Yeah. He, yeah, he was out of his mind. I haven't seen him like that before. He was so excited. It was like a kid in a candy store. Like you could tell, you could tell that he was in a happy place. <laughs> it was good to see. Well, see, that's the thing when people are talking about, the Warriors going forward and the cat salary cap, the four contracts, how do you fit everyone in? And, you know, this happened with the Russell Celtics were the first team that I think did it in the sixties where once a team's winning, you end up getting the day two or three of these David West guys yeah. every year. And it's not champions chasing. It's, I mean, there's a little bit of it, but I mean, the guys near the end of their career want to be on a good team. They, it's not even about like, cause you're not guaranteed to win a championship. No. You see, a lot of guys go just want to put themselves in a position of being in a good environment and to only think about winning the championship. Right. It's not about winning it because you never you never know, but just to think about all you would think about is winning the championship. That's a good feeling. Yeah. And D. West won experience that. He did it with San Antonio. The only thing they thought about was playing perfect and being a champion. And we did the same thing here. So who wants to worry about? If this guy not getting shots, or if this guy's happy, or he might want to be traded, or they clashing, the coach don't really like. Like, who wants to deal with that as a basketball player? Right. Like, it's not fun, and you that type of stuff seeps in when you're in the NBA. It's like the business seeps in into the court sometimes, and the game is so pure. Like, it's not fun. You're not happy that way. So, just thinking about a championship is what those guys are trying to do. Like a D West or Zaza, like. They just want to be in that environment. JaVale was like, seemed like he was like that too. Yeah. I mean, you've been- He a, seemed like he was a great teammate. Yes. He was an unbelievable teammate. He was, he brought everybody together. He's the reason why we're so tight. Like, he-, he Really? JaVale? Yeah. He's just, his his spirit is just open spirit. He's just always in a good mood. Yeah. You know, just his own person and everybody kind of gravitate to it. Like, he was friends with everybody in a different way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you need, every team needs at least one yeah, guy. Yeah, like he was that guy. And and a lot of people don't know that. He adds value to your locker room. You know what I'm saying? That's what you that's what's underrated when you're playing um 
on a good team or a team that's trying to, that's thinking about a championship versus a team that's, you know, that has so many other distractions because now Javel is who he is on a bad team is a distraction. Now yeah. with us, it's an asset because, you know, he's bringing us all together. You know who's like that for the Celtics? Who? Gerald Green. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's always somebody you don't totally expect it would be. Because I'm sure they just- all different kinds of people. They just embraced him. They didn't try to yeah. change him. They just let him be who he is. And he just, he's always had a good spirit, just like JaVale. And it just illuminates. It seems like, and I know there is a reason for it, because Steve Carter, who I've known for a long time, when I wrote my basketball book, I actually, he's in the pivotal chapter about how to figure out who the who the best team of all time was. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about like what's more dangerous. I call it the FU edge, like the team that's trying to make up like a revenge season almost mm-hmm. versus a team that just won and now is trying to protect what they won the next season. Because mm-hmm. he played, he was in both situations, right? Yeah. The 96 Bulls, they lose to Orlando. MJ's coming back from baseball. Then he spends the whole summer. He's in crazy shape. They go 72 and 10. They win. This is the FU season, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next year they win again. They win 69. But that was like, you know, they're the champs. They're invincible. And that's like a different kind of edge because you've done it. You've been there. You yeah. know you're the best. Yeah. So I asked him like, what's better? Which edge is better? Mm. He point. thought it was the FU edge, but like slightly. But he said- the ceiling of the second team, the the team that had already won, just for like one night is better because of the confidence. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So you'll get to experience that next exactly. year. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Because there's that shred of small, tiny doubt like that, you, you know, if you have one of your key guys hasn't won it yet, do I yeah. have it? But now that everybody's won. Yeah, it's just like you can relax knowing like the formula works. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like individually, like mentally, like, you know what you have to bring in order for you to be a champion. It's honestly like having a kid. The first time you have a kid, you're just terrified the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right, Rich? Yes. Rich, sorry, sorry to wake you up, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now that first time when they, like, bu- the buzzers are going off, and you're like, what's that? What's that? Is there something wrong? And then the second time, it's you just like, know. It's the like, experience, all right, man. We're going to go here. We yeah. show up and... Bang! The other thing Steve was really passionate about because he was on, you know, those Bulls teams and the Spurs teams was just like the selflessness. Yeah. And how, you know, one of the themes of my book was the secret of basketball is it's not about basketball. It's about the other stuff Mm -hmm. and guys. And that, it seemed like your team had that. That's why I thought the finals MVP moment was so interesting. Curry really didn't seem like he cared that you won. No, he didn't. That's, That's a good thing though. Everybody was excited for me. You know, and if it was Steph, we would all been excited for him. Right. Just like we were excited that he balled out this series. Let's put it on eBay and see what happens. Put what on eBay? <laughs> the finals every feature. Not a chance. <laughs> Where are you going to put it? Uh, I'm going to give it to my godfather, probably. Oh. It's, in, it's in the cloud already for me. Like, I, it's there already. So I'm going to get a hard copy to the guy who t- taught me how to play the game. So where's he going to put it? Probably in his basement somewhere. No, he ain't gonna. No, he got all my. He got the. He might have an MVP trophy. Rookie. Yeah, he has something else significant. So he got a little uh, wall of fame. He probably put it on. That's the thing is, you guys they try so hard to win, and then when they win, they give the stuff to 
like just, some people don't even know where their rings are if they're in a safety deposit box yeah it's just it's just a it's just achieving it it's yeah like, uh, it's the symbol the, of it the gifts and stuff is a cherry on top yeah it's yeah. just like the just knowing that you did it that's even that's even sweeter i mean then you get the rewards with the rings and the banners and the t-shirts and all this extra stuff but just knowing that you did it was even better um okay see people happy for you think or no i'm not even worried about that who care i mean i don't know i can't talk for them my mind's not even there yeah it didn't feel like it yesterday it seems like a long time ago now (sighs) to me it is i mean we're gonna be talking about this next year too i don't think so I hope not. I mean, because it's going to be boring after a while. I hope it's boring after a while to you guys. Cause no, the, next year's angle is going to be Kevin Durant ruined the NBA and you guys created a super team. Well, how many, it's all your how fault. Many excuses, the NBA's not fun anymore. How many excuses are you going to make? I mean, I'm not saying that's not my you. Angle. Not I'm, you. I'm just saying. Yeah. If you're, you know, day one, we went. NBA's not fun anymore. I mean, it went from, it went from, well, not enough basketball. It's not going to work. Um, I not, think I might have said that they don't have a bench like they're not they they small up they don't have any rebounding they don't have any shot blocking they gave away two of their greatest defensive centers like and then that went into like well they supposed to do that you got four all-stars and that went into I think like, I said that too and then that went into, then that turned into like well you're still gonna lose in finals in six to the Cavs you're gonna lose like the Cavs have a mental edge over your, over the Warriors then I didn't agree with that one because I, I watched that Celtics series pretty carefully, obviously, because it was my team and we missed open shots the whole series, but the shots were there. I was like, yeah. the Warriors aren't going to miss those shots. I just felt like it was so many, so many different excuses. And then once we like proved you wrong <laughs> throughout the season, as far as if we can mesh Don't together, say you like what I'm just saying, the, like the, the media, well, whoever was yeah. making the naysayers, claims, the naysayers. So I just felt like we just kept grinding. You know what I'm saying? We didn't let that stuff affect us. And we tried really hard every day to get better. Because we we struggled as far as like trying to make it look so good and make it work so smooth. You know, it took us some time. Defense wasn't good to start the season. Offense was still working. You had to break some hat. I didn't realize. Yeah. I read that one article that you had to almost yeah get so, used to moving and not just kind of standing there on plays yeah we had to we man we had to build some habits it wasn't like coaches like roll the balls out and like all right just go score like y'all you got the best talent in the league just go score like we didn't do that we worked well together that's why javel mcgee was able to play well because we utilized his strengths instead of only putting him out there and putting him in bad positions that's like the whole team coach uses your strengths instead of and how you can help the team rather than just throwing you out there. I was suspicious. I, I thought history said that it was going to be really hard to win the title with adding somebody who's as good as you are to an established team. The history of it was that usually the first year the team doesn't win, that it takes a year to get. Like 2011 Heat being a great example. It takes a year. Everybody gets a little comfortable with each other. And as you know, like in these big games – you know, if if the chemistry and the cohesion isn't there, it can just fall apart, like in Game Three in Cleveland. But for whatever reason, you guys, I don't know. But by, by it seemed like April. It seemed like it was just humming. Yeah, I was. I said on my pod before the playoffs that I thought sixteen to zero was in play, and I was saying how. What did I say, Tate? I was because I couldn't. I wanted to bet on it. Yeah. 
and I couldn't find it as a bet. And I was like, I think this should be a bet. It so it's not, it's, it exist. Yeah, it didn't exist. Yeah, no I was like, it was conceivable yeah. that you could go 16 and 0. Um, but then as it actually was happening, I was like, I can't believe they might go 16 and 0. Just didn't, I mean, that would have been, I think, an all timer achievement. Man, that would have been amazing. It's just, it's too, it, the deck stacked against it. It just shouldn't happen. There should be one game where shots don't go in or like what, what, what ended up happening. Yeah. The other team had 24 threes and you didn't get a call for two quarters. Yeah, I mean, but when you're 15 and 0 and like we were playing well at that point, like is it, and you're up 3 0, it's like you feel like you can just relax just a little bit. Yeah. And that's what we did. And I'm, I'm sure like 96 Bulls at 15 and 0, they would have tried to win that game and they probably would have relaxed just a little bit after being up. Like I feel like a lot of teams. They did. They were three zero against Seattle. Remember? Yeah, and they, lost they lost two in a row. So it's just, it's not like they're doing it on purpose. It's just natural to just be like, all right, like we have three zero now. We could just we could play chess with them a little bit. And sometimes they just hit you in the mouth. Yeah, that happens with a lot of great teams. And that's Especially what they do. Yeah, I didn't realize. I sat close for two of the games. I didn't realize how how physical he is when he has the ball. Yeah. It's really it's the forearms and the pushes and the little he does a little move where he touches your hip. Yeah, kind of pushes you out balance with your hip. He grabs your arm a lot. He's got every trick. Yeah, he got little tricks. He's strong, but you have your best trick is when like somebody like Jefferson's just like trying to basically manhandle you as you're going to get open. You just put your hands up. Yeah. And it's like they can't do it because it's so clear that they're fouling yeah. you if your hands are like this. So you put your hands over your head. It's a good try, good trick. Jefferson, I couldn't even run to my spot. He would, he was, oh, he was like, mauling you. I was like, yo, I'm just trying to run to my spot. I'm not even in the play. Yeah, the refs. It seemed like they decided before the series that he was going to be allowed to do that. Yeah, because when I it ball, seems like it was t- forty fouls. Yeah, man, he was fouling a lot, but he was. I mean, he was physical. He's physical. I can't say he was fouling because he, I've seen I've, I've been played like that before. Yeah, and he was he was physical. But when I caught the ball, he was so physical that I had him on his heels, and I was just catching it going to the rim. So I knew that he was just all his weight was on his you know forward. So when I caught the ball, you know he was face guarding me. You just thought of his head, and you know the ball was coming. I was just catching and going. Yeah, you know. So I just tried to use that against him. It seems like the biggest misconception people have about why he went there is how much of it was a basketball decision not to go to win the title, which is obviously one of your goals, but it was a stylistic decision. Yeah. You just wanted to play that style. Yeah, I did. It's as simple as that. I wanted to play in that style. I wanted to see how I felt to play one-on-one, you know, if, if I get in the post or if I'm in transition and I got one guy in front of me, I wanted to. F- I, I didn't want to have to. Um, I wanted to see how I felt to be one, beat one guy. I mean, I was seeing a lot of other stars playing the one on one. Yeah, you know, I wanted to see how that felt, and I haven't had that feeling in a long time. You know, I was pl- playing with a lot of double teams, a lot of loading up, um, a lot of a lot of guys just standing in one spot, yeah. and it's like, all right, it's your turn now to go one on three. It's not even about that. I mean, we did that a lot in the playoffs, to be honest. We played a lot of ISO ball, but I'm just saying. And we, we also I mean, got a lot of layups. We did that a lot in the finals, but we mixed it up. Yeah. But we did it a lot. But 
It's not that I'm just saying it's the point where you when because when you're playing with traditional bigs as well, it takes up a little bit of the space. Right. And um then also, you know, we had a lot of athletes, a lot of guys that's not known as shooters, they get hit shots, but like you wouldn't mind them shooting threes. So it was like I was always a man and a half was guarding me. So I just wanted to see how it felt. The 2017 Warriors basically broke my brain because I always felt like I could compare any team to any team starting with like the mid-70s. Yeah. And now, like I saw Scottie Pippen last week. He was, I was hanging out with the NBA entertainment people and they brought him in to talk. And somebody asked him like, what would you do against Iran? How would you guard him? And like the typical stuff he gets. And I'm thinking like, if Scottie Pippen from 1992 showed up right now, he would spend the whole summer shooting threes. Yeah. He would shoot 750 corner threes every day, right? Yeah. For four months until he got good at them. Yeah. And his entire game would be different. So it's like, why why the fuck am I even bothering comparing the 2017 Warriors <laughs> to 96 Bulls? Because if Scottie Pippen was here now, he would completely change how he played. Yeah. And I think that's just what basketball is now. That's I think what, you go back into history and it's like, Mikhail would shoot threes. Yep. Yeah. Bird would take 10 threes a game. Magic would work on his three-point shot constantly. Yeah. It would just be a different sport. That's why you can't compare errors, man. I don't the think game, you can. The game just evolves. Like they went, they made the three-point line because the game evolved. Right. <laughs> it wasn't there first. So And it took them like 10 years to even figure out how to use it. That's what I'm saying. Nobody used it. Yeah. Because as they not, you know, it took us some time to get used to that. So the game is evolving. It's all right that people want to play faster. But like to say, like, we wouldn't have beat this team or that team, like, first of all, we'll never, ever have a chance to play. And on top of that, like, the rules are different. The style of play is different. Like, if you couldn't shoot, you couldn't be on the court against us. We were, we were going right. to use that against you. If you were a slow defender, if you were a slow defender, we were going to pick on you. That's what our goal was throughout the whole playoffs. Like, we're going we're gonna to make them switch the lineup because we're going to just pick on their worst defender. And if it's one of their better players, then that messes up their whole game plan. Yeah, you you guys were the best I've seen at taking whatever person probably yeah. shouldn't be out there defending you and just torturing that person. Yeah, that's what until I, they came out of the game. That's what our game plan was. Yeah, go after the weakest one, but only do it within the offense. So if Steph in the pick and roll, we still have a movement on the backside to occupy the rest of the guys while you while he don't have so he can't have no help. Right. So we we kind of exposing him because you can hide a lot of guys in the league now. So if you got a bad defender. We still got Clay and Draymond in a pick in a pin down that can a ball the ball can go to Clay. He have a wide open three, but you got to defend Steph Curry playing one on one against your worst defender. Or right, I would look at like the '86 Celtics. I just don't think Parrish can play in the series. No. There's just unless they just were good, like we're gonna score. I mean, we had troubles. We had problems. We had problems with teams that are bigger and. But they, I, I don't think I they could have played Par- Bird, Parrish, and McHale against you guys. I, I, I can't say the Chief wouldn't play, wouldn't have played. He probably would have played against us. Maybe like 20 minutes. This is like one of the best 50 players but of all time. You, we, we played so fast at some point. Like we, and we played with a big too. So he'd been in there with Zaza. But right. if we made adjustments and wanted to go small, they had to make a decision. But the thing is, like, if you but put the bigger. Chief in now, the Chief, maybe the Chief shooting threes, though. I know for sure Mikhail. I don't know about the Mikhail, definitely. Mikhail, near the end of his career, started shooting him. Yeah. 
the team that I think would have been like hypothetically the most fun series I think would have been the bad boy Pistons because they would have had all different dudes to throw you. Isaiah could have gone to Curry. Rodman would have not only been defending you, but trying to start fights with you and push you into the basket sport. Lambeer would have gotten in five fights. I think you underestimate our mental toughness as well. Like I underestimate it. A lot of people do when you're comparing us to these teams because we have we got the mental toughness. I mean, it'd have been a physical series, but everybody. I'm just saying defensively. I think they would have had things to throw at you. Yeah, they. The older Pistons too. That's which one? I was talking bad boys. You were just talking. Bad boys. The 04 Pistons would have been interesting, yeah, right? They'd have been yeah. tough. I was thinking about Tayshaun. them too. Yeah. Tough matchup because they got Chauncey, they got Tayshawn to guard me, they got um, Rip or Clay, and they both running around. Plus, Rashid's threes. Rashid. The thing is, though, Rashid, Rashid and Draymond would have gotten been beat Ben Wallace. Yeah, Ben Wallace on the boards, but Rashid and Draymond, they would have had to cancel the series. <laughs> Something would have happened with Rashid and Draymond. Oh, it would have been the biggest international incident. But Rashid was, Rashid, man, he was <laughs> tough. Turn around, Jay was, ooh. That's a guy who was ahead of his time. Because if he's now, he's just like the ultimate stretch five who's, you know, oh, and then. He's Towns. He would have been unbelievable. Yeah, he's Towns. He's Towns to me. Rasheed was nice too. That's not a. It's not a downgrade if you're Carl Towns. No. That's a. Rasheed is nice. That would have been a good series. Uh, it was a good game. Both teams play hard. Both teams play hard, my man. Both things play hard. God bless and good night. Quick break to talk about Quip, the new company that's refreshing the way people brush their teeth. Having good oral health impacts your overall health, and yet most of us don't brush our teeth properly. Tate, you brush your teeth properly? All right. 75% of us don't refresh our bristles or visit the dentist on time. You don't need a big, expensive toothbrush to get the oral care you need either. Quip, it's an electric toothbrush that packs premium vibration and timer features into an ultra-slim design. Half the cost of bulkier brushes, almost like Apple designed a toothbrush, but without Apple's big price tag. Quip, backed by leading dentists, was named one of Time Magazine's best inventions in 2016, Rich. They won a 2016 GQ Grooming Award. The Quip toothpaste tastes fresh, strengthens teeth, gives your mouth the perfect clean feeling. It's wireless. Mirror mount declutters your bathroom, doubles as a travel cover, Quip starts at just 25 bucks. Subscribers receive new brush heads on a dentist-recommended three-month plan for just $5, including free shipping. Go to getquip.com slash BS for your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. One more time, back to the finals MVP, Kevin Durant. Did you Have you talked to Westbrook? I have to ask. Why? Like, why? I don't know. Did, no, he, did he didn't send you a text? No. Kobe? No. Not a lot of people show your team in general a lot on social media like the other team. Who? Not a lot of people do. See, yeah. Rich monitors all this stuff. I watch that shit so closely. We're the bad boys that are the super villains. Yeah. Super villains. Yeah, I mean, we're not expecting no love from nobody. So what happens now? What do you add to your game? I know I know you got something cooking. Yeah, that's why I want to work on my body even more this summer. Try to get more flexible. More flexible? Like what? Like yoga? I don't know. Get more flexible so I can shoot more off-balance shots and they look like layups. What about a celebrity girlfriend? 
getting the Us Weekly. No? He was in Us Weekly. Yeah. That that, that might have been, that didn't sound like that was a real relationship, though. Celebrity girlfriend. Yeah, actress? Got a couple red carpets? No, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Just go with Rich. Rich, what are your plans for KD now? You executed year one of your vision successfully. Yeah, we're going to India. Yeah, that's it. Going to India? What's happening in India? This is planned anyway. Open a basketball academy for the NBA. Okay. And building building um some courts out there. So that should be fun. You want to talk about NBA draft really quick? Sure. Are you following? Do you have opinions? No, I haven't followed. You it. haven't followed anything? No. It's nine days away, right? <laughs> it's close. I know the players, but I don't, I don't even know like Celts needs- are going to take faults. They are. Yeah. Lakers seem like they're leaning toward Josh Jackson. From Kansas. Smoke screen. They're taking. Wow, what's in it for them? The smoke screen with the Lonzo pick. I don't know. No, just like smoke screen, just like you know, as a fan base, you want a little bit of like this. You know, you want a little bit of like mystique to your pick and feel like the organization went through everything. I think they want a lot of people. Okay. Because if I would you bet on that? That would be your bet. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, bet. I mean, I don't know it, but I bet on it. Me too. I'm like 50-50. I just think the whole thing, like, they, you know, you hear, like, they didn't love his first workout. They're bringing him for his second workout. Like, that dude, LeVar Ball, if he's screaming, my son's going to be a Laker, and he has no clue of that, and it does not happen. I mean, this guy is... It'd be one of the great dream, green room moments. I mean... The greatest. It'd be, he'll, like, have just a... Spare me from... Flipping How chairs. That moment will be. I hope not LeVar Ball. Yes. I do not want to see what LeVar Ball will do if they don't. Well, he gets, yeah, he's going to snap on Magic. He's not going to snap on Magic. <laughs> he's going to lose that battle. <laughs> like, who the hell are you? Get out of here. Magic's like, I'm a billionaire. Yeah, get out of here. I. So my here's here's the, my counter. Just because I I spent the year with Magic watching basketball games with him, he loves competitive guys. That's pretty dope, by the way. Wow, spent a year with Magic watching it's, basketball games, and he could watch eight games at once. But he loved competitive, and like a billion dollar enterprise. And he would he would text on this BlackBerry with his giant hands, and he'd somehow just have this BlackBerry and just sending texts while he's watching all these games. But he loved competitive dudes and. I know he went to the Lonzo game versus Fox, and Fox really gave it to Lonzo in that game. Dude, and that's that's the one thing I'm I'm wondering because knowing how Magic what he likes. What about the game where he um he uh, hit the game winner? Right, his Oregon. Yeah, that was a good one. What about the time his brother at ninety two points? That, that was rigged. Stop hating on the young fellas. Yeah, kid's 15. Come on, Rich. 92? That's not rigged. He got buckets. What was the defining KD game before game three? Was it the Rucker, the Rucker game? No, don't disrespect me. No, <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. What's, no. the game, what's the game that got mentioned to you first? 
That's an interesting question. Like, the, the I would say the record game got the most attention no. you've ever gotten for a game. game that was like six. three weeks of blog posts. Game six. San game six Antonio. what? Oh, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm trying to remember what happened in Game Six, San Antonio. Down eighteen at the half, ended up coming back and winning. Had 35-15-5. Go to the finals for the first time. Twenty three years old. All of us. 22-23 going to the finals. The record shot was pretty great. That was crazy. <laughs> that was, but <laughs> that, the first everybody ran right right on the court. One game went off. I went off in the Olympics twice. The, and I remember the world champion game, what was it, in Turkey? World champions. Yeah. That was another good one. Yep, yep, yep. That was the first time. I remember, I think I even wrote something after that game. I was like, this is, he's hitting all the checkpoints. You know, I yeah. feel like with young guys, they got to hit the little. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, like Jalen Brown, I was really watching carefully in the playoffs because I think he has a chance. And I don't think he has a chance to be as good as you, but. Um, like and he Jaylen? was quiet. I do. And he was quiet in the playoffs, but then in the Cleveland series, hey, first in the Washington series in game seven, he, the crowd was into it and he kind of rose up where the crowd was. I was like, oh, okay. Jalen Brown so hitting a he, checkpoint. You think he's going to hit the checkpoints? I think he just hit one. I don't know. He's, he's got 20 to go, but uh, he's good. And I like that the next day after they lost to Cleveland, he was there working on his game. Really? Yeah. That tells so me that's what I heard. So I, you you told me you were following all the Twitter accounts. That's what I'm saying. I want to let you know that that's true. So you believe in my checkpoint theory? I believe in it, yeah. So what were your checkpoints then? Uh, I'm discounting the, the first year when P.J. Carlissimo played you at shooting yeah, guard for 82 games. Um, rookie of the year, I wanted to average 20. Yeah, okay. Did that. I, needed, I, needed, I couldn't average just 20 again for my second year. I had to jump up. I didn't, and then it jumped up five points. I didn't. I, I thought I was going to average like twenty two, but it jumped up five points. And I was like, "All right, check that off." Second year, so I was borderline all star that year. Yeah. So I wanted to be just in the conversation. If I wanted, that was extra. By year three, I wanted to be for sure all star. You couldn't hold me out. Yeah. And I averaged 30. that happened. I averaged thirty. That happened, and then from there, it's just you like, youngest guy to do thirty, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Then from there, just make the playoffs every year. When was the Lakers series? 2010. That was a good checkpoint. That was a checkpoint. Winning yeah. two games against the champions. Like you threw some, you got some punches in on that in yeah, that series. Yeah, grinded, struggled a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just know what the playoffs are about. So every year you just want to be an all-star, play well throughout the regular season, be an all-star, all NBA, and then go to the playoffs and see what happens. MVP. MVP. Like yeah, finals. Yeah. Olympian. Olympian. Yeah. MVP. Then you do the MVP. Yeah, like do the MVPs, the All Star MVP. Then all scoring. Then yeah, you got you got those goals, but it's like not your main concern. But like you wouldn't mind them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went back. I couldn't remember why you guys didn't win in 2014, and I went back and I watched that. Uh, which I just. So much was going on that year. I was doing all. I was doing the studio show that year, and there was just a lot of good basketball. And I just kind of forgot what happened. It was overtime, game six. Yeah, San Antonio. I forgot. I was. I watched it on YouTube. That was. It was just their time. Yeah, that was. Felt like they was hitting every shot, every timely shot they could. We had them. Man, you know, we hit the three to go at one point. We had made a tough layup yeah. to go up two. Man, we hit the three to go up one. I was like, 
Yeah, that was a good team. I forgot how close you were in that series. Yeah, we were close. Game seven. We ain't, I mean, we lost in six, but right. But that where was six? Yeah, it could have gone to seven. Yeah, we've been on the road. Game seven. We're gonna launch our podcast mini series. Yeah. Rich is gonna get his own podcast. No, I it's how about like a social <laughs> I think I'm, I'm a social bad. media report? You just tell us what's going on. Oh, I can do that. Rich talk. <laughs> Rich talk. I just tell Kevin all the shit people say about him. Like, yeah. By the time he comes home from practice, I'm like, oh, this guy said this, this guy said that. Do you tell him the media narratives? Yeah, I get that. I do. I don't know if he's listening to me, but I tell him. He's definitely not listening to you right now. No, or you. <laughs> <laughs> he's got text. He just won the finals MVP. I'm still sorting through the 200 tech I got. Three on three Olympics. What'd you think of this idea? It's happening. I like it a lot. 2020. I love it. Would you rather play in the Olympic team or the three and three team? I would love to do both. Is it possible to do both? No, because you got to play in all the qualifying tournaments. I mean, I guess we could find out. Ow. I mean, you can really make it work, but I'm just saying it would be cool to play three on three. Oh, that'd be yeah, sweet. I think you gotta, I don't know. The dudes that are playing now are like scrubs from the Lions. Right. Are they not? Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I seen the trials. One of my boys from back home is like a real street baller. He's not, he's not very good, but he can play at street ball level, and he's playing. Yeah, are they doing a little trials? Yeah, in Colorado, they got a squad already. It's like three white dudes, and then like, I mean, they just look like they're six foot two white dudes. Let me get on your squad. Yo, <laughs> I have the team. No, I had that team for him. You, Rich, and Perk. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you yeah. score all. Perk, Perk just sets picks and scowls at people. And I'll Rich will just, I'll yeah. Rich will no check seconds. in. There's you do everything. <laughs> no three seconds. Perk will be a god out there. Post up, duck in. You promised me Perk this summer. Yeah, still, I'm going to come through. Because Perk did Area 21, the KG. I was so jealous. He was even better than you said he was going to be. Tell me. It was Perk. Let me get him on there. It was incredible. KG, Perk, Pierce, and Rondo, Big Baby. And then they brought Doc Rivers in, not realizing that Big Baby had just trashed Doc Rivers like two weeks earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was hilarious. (laughs) Then they put him on the spot. (laughs) And he was just like sinking in his chair. It was so awkward. And then... And then Big Baby threw Chris Paul under the bus, yeah. which I was surprised by. He was dropping bombs. He was saying how Rondo is the best point guard he ever played with. And <laughs> it's because Rondo looked out for his teammates. And it was, it was that was crazy. That was good television. Man. Would you go on Area 21 or no? No. You wouldn't do that one? Mm-hmm. You don't do the old guy, the retired guy TV. No, no, I love KGs. I would I would sit down with him, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do you wouldn't it. do it with like five people. Yeah, that's not. I'd be an awkward setting for me, like in the art in area twenty one. If it was like a sit down like this, it'd be cool. But like he got the court in there, and they, he real animated too. I like his energy. I think they gave him like ten Red Bulls. Yeah, I don't got that much energy, so it wouldn't look right. <laughs> All right, so we got Perk. Who else are we gonna have? Uh, that's one podcast. Yeah, man, he wrote like. I mean, like, like I thought we were going a certain way. You're like Perk, so and so, and you're like Leo DiCaprio and Denzel. I'm like, I don't know where to go with those. Who said that? Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. I, I sent you like a hundred names. Uh-huh. Jay. Would Harden be good? 
Perfect. Depends. Personally, somebody who's not going, who's going to just say whatever he wants. And that's Perk. That's like Draymond. That's Draymond would be good. Iverson. Maybe we get Iverson and Kyrie JaVale. together. <laughs> JaVale would be good. Oh, you know what I never asked you? I remember one thing I didn't ask you about Steve Kerr. What about about just his health issues and the yeah. whole thing. And did you think he was even coming back? Man, once it, once we got to the finals, I was I was I had hope before then. And once we started the finals, and he wasn't out there for game one, I was a little concerned. But you know, as I was riding to the game for game two, I was like right outside the parking lot, and Chuck was with me, and it was like uh, he was like, "Where you with me, Chuck?" Like co- coaches. Uh, Coaches are going to be on the sidelines. And I was like, wow, that was out of nowhere. So it was good to see him healthy. Good to see him, like, finish this off with us. And good that he's healthy, man, because he was struggling. He was really struggling. Could you see it during the season? Yeah. He would always, like, I would catch him always, like, you know, grabbing his neck and shaking his head and twitching, like, shaking his body out and trying to get loose and trying to get comfortable. It was just like you could tell that. Something was off. So I'm glad he's healthy. Getting better. What did you think of Iguodala's dunk in game five? I'd seen how much work Dre put in. He changed his diet during the year. He, you know, cut out a lot of the bad foods and doing yoga once a week. He was eating, he was drinking a lot of water. He was just doing everything perfect. That's what us. happens when you get old. You start yeah, doing that stuff. He started I went really through that phase. In. Yeah. And he was just he You start drinking those juices, yeah. like beet juice. Yeah, man. He was doing all the all the weird stuff that you do, man. Like <laughs> You'll be doing that like five years from now. Yeah, I'm starting to You'll now. You'll be having like kale kale salad. Yes, exactly. So I seen all that with Dre and I was like and when he did it in the finals, I was like, Well, I know why, you know. It's not like he just hopped out of bed and he put the work in throughout the whole year to put himself in that position. What was the thing about how you stopped drinking? For a few months. Um, yeah. When, when you got, got hurt. When I got injured, our trainer was like, it would be best if, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to move around or, you know, break a sweat. So. Yeah. And you wouldn't pack on no pounds while I'm just drinking alcohol, having a beer or two every day while I'm just laying up on my couch waiting for my knee to heal. You know, I didn't want to add on the extra weight. And once I came back, I didn't want to be overweight or, you know, and start overcompensating. So, so did you feel better? Carbs. Is it yeah, something you're going to do every playoffs now? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, it worked for me. You know, that's why Larry Bird won three straight MVPs. He just stopped drinking? No, they traded Rick Roby. That was the guy I used to drink beer with all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he st- he's stopped drinking, stopped going out with Rick Roby, won three MVPs. Yeah. That takes a toll on your body, <laughs> just having a few beers a day. Yeah, especially when you get older. Man, for real, so... And eating habits, all that stuff. It's, it's nowadays so many different wide well, selection of food. You can feel like you eat whatever you want and still be good because you play so much and travel so much. But after a while, it catches up. So you didn't ruin the NBA? I don't think so. I think no, I, I don't think, I think so. I added to it. I thought, I thought I did a good job individually. But as a team, you never seen nothing like us. Here's the thing. There's been a lot of teams that the season ended and everybody said, "How are they? Oh my God, they're gonna. This is a dynasty. This happens all the time. It's really hard to win a championship. You need a lot of things to go right. It's hard, man. I mean, think about 
when uh, Zaza crashed in your leg, if he crashes into it one inch higher, you're not in the finals. Oh my god! You know? Imagine that. You need you need luck every year with the finals. Yeah, man, we put in work, man. Stop telling, need- stop telling us that it wasn't earned or that we didn't work for it, man. We we the most disciplined team all year. Yeah, we preached teamwork and togetherness all season. Where it's hard to do that when a bunch of egos in the league. And you peaked at the perfect time. And we peaked at the perfect time. We got better when I got hurt. We struggled first. And then as a smart team does that plays together and that's unpredictable out there, they figured it out. And when I was hurt, they took it to another level. And then when I came back, we just kept going from there. But we were more we 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 were disciplined. We we preached to, we had a message every day. It was always just about us. You know what I'm saying? So we worked on us every day. No when did you feel like you were a warrior? What point of the season? First. When were you not the new guy anymore? When we lost to San Antonio the first game, I was like, all right, let me go through some. When you go through, a, you know, you get taught a lesson early on in the season like that. We had so many, so many. It was so exciting to start the season off and for us to get beat by 30 like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're kind of like, all right, now it's basketball. Let's play. Let's get better. Let's grind. We don't want this feeling again. And practices, shoot arounds, everything was focused on like winning the right way, playing the right way. You know what I'm saying? How can you make your teammates better and everybody waiting their turn? Pat McCall ain't played for two weeks, coming in and hit some big shots at the end of the third in the finals. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody waited their turn and coach believed in everybody, man. And we just kept grinding on every day. I was expecting to see him in game five because he didn't look scared in the Cleveland games, yeah. in the at Cleveland games. And he made a three. Yeah. There was like, talk about checkpoints. Yep. yep. He had a couple of checkpoints in those Cleveland games. I was like, I bet Kerr plays him. Yeah. Cause you always want to play young guys at home with the crowd. Yep. And, uh, He's going to play for you next year. Oh, he's going to be. I, he's 25 minutes a game next year, I think. Oh, yeah. Because right? he's going to be. Man, this did, this did a lot for him. Playing Plus, he's. Finals and is he guarding him in practice? Yeah. That's got to help. He's good, man. He's going to play a lot for us next year. Him you know how Jack, they got him? They bought him from Milwaukee, I think. Yeah, they bought the pick. Yeah. They cut a check. Yep. Bought cut a check for the pick. Yep. See, that's the thing. I said this on my podcast last week. People are bitching about this this Warriors team because I think it's like the whole it's like the whole tro- the tro- everybody gets a trophy culture of what the way we are as Americans now, where it's like everybody's got to you, you can't stack the deck all that stuff and look you know I, I'm not I'm not years. for stacking the deck but it's been happening for years. the Sixers traded for Moses Malone in '82 they had been in two or three finals and they traded for the MVP. It's you cool. Know, it's cool. This when is the league. It's cool when whoever's paying for it, whoever's paying all the bills is doing it. But if, but the thing is, like, if we do it as the players is is cheating the game. Like they've been doing this for years, stacking a deck, having the best players play with each other. Why not? They drafted Clay. They drafted Curry. Nobody wanted Steph. Clay was Minnesota passed pick. Steph twice. Draymond was the thirty fifth pick. Like Draymond yeah. was second round. They created the cap space to get Iguodala. They created the cap space to get you. They went and got bought the Macau pick. But it's our culture. It's not just the players. Yeah. 
But they went and got Livingston, who was who yeah. had had a good season the year before. But nobody was nobody smart guys. No, when you when they signed Livingston, they wasn't like, oh, Sean Livingston's the reason they gonna win the championship now. Like that wasn't a thought when they signed Sean Livingston. They like, oh, this is a good piece. That's a solid piece. He re- resurrected his career. Yeah. But lo- nobody was calling that the game changing piece. But now nah. they, I mean, like now it's a super team now. Like <laughs> we, you had a bunch of guys that nobody wanted, and we got a culture that. They almost traded Clay. Yeah, you got a culture that's like different. Like Clay Thompson, just being a shooter, like he was 11th pick. A lot of people could have had him. They didn't. Draymond Green was 35th pick. And he didn't play as much his first few years. Now everybody wants players like Draymond Green. But it's like, man, these dudes, like, these dudes wasn't coming out of high school as the best players in, the, in their class and being right. a first team All American, you know, out of high school. And like, they had great college careers, but it's like, they weren't highly touted, and they started winning because they had been a great culture, and they playing together, and they playing the game the way it's supposed to be playing. You're going to discredit. Like, you want to discredit what they do by calling the saying it's supposed to be easy. Like, no, they putting the work. Everybody putting the work. And they want to play the right way. It's hard to sacrifice. Well, and also, I think the thing people discounted about the season, not to sound like a Warriors apologist, but um, the spotlight in the bullseye you guys had the bullseye of just night after night, you're getting everybody's best game. Then the spotlight of the media constantly trying to create little fake stories and just all the shit that goes with being the best team Mm -hmm. when you have a team that's relatively new with new pieces, like it's hard to deal with. It broke the 2011 heat, you know? They, the scrutiny was too much. Like it kind of affected LeBron to the point that in the finals, he kind of melted down a little bit. You know, it's hard. It is. I, I just think people seem to think that it was easy. I would say it's going not. against LeBron and Kyrie, LeBron still in his prime, Kyrie unstoppable. It's a pretty good team. It wasn't like it was a pushover. So. Well, you had Kyrie and LeBron. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Thompson. Crazy J.R. Smith. Thompson, Jasmine. So, would you call it the Equinox team come to life? Yeah, <laughs> exactly what it was. It was like the the big bullies versus the nerds. Yeah, and the and the nerds won this time because we 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 thought the game we thought the game a little better, we executed a little better. Well, I enjoyed it. I think it's really hard to win the championship. Yeah. I watched. I remember. You know, the 86 Celtics, after they won that year, everybody was like, oh, my God, and they have the number one pick coming. It's This is done. It's, we've seen this every decade. There's two teams that seem like they're invincible, mm-hmm. and you still got to go out and do it, and you got to protect it, and yeah. who the hell knows? So you guys have a really good chance. Kevin Durant, when are you going to sleep? Now? Man, probably not. I'm about to. Oh, he's got to go through his 200 texts. Yeah. Yeah, you just up. won't tell us who the texts are, except no. for Obama. Right. Obama. The trilogy. This is number three. Yeah, hopefully. Next time, Perk. Perk is up next for sure. Perk, if you're listening, Perk. Perk's definitely not listening. Right <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks so much to Kevin Durant for having us over the day after he won the NBA title. Thanks to Hotel Tonight. It's an app that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute, up to seven days in advance. Perfect for a spontaneous getaway or indulging in a little staycation. 
Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear while knowing you will score a great price and a great place to stay. Get on these killer last-minute deals on Hotel Tonight. <laughs> Download their app right now. Don't forget to go to theringer.com to catch up on our NBA coverage. And don't forget about Binge Mode, Game of Thrones. Rich, you care about Game of Thrones? No. KD, you care about Game of Thrones? I don't. He's just nodding sadly. <laughs> well, you guys probably won't enjoy the the, uh, the podcast, but a lot of people do. Bitch mode. Game of Thrones, season two, available right now on iTunes. Uh, back later in the week with another famous guest. It's famous guest week here in the BS podcast. Until then. I wanna see them on a